the United States Champion of Justice, fixing America's issues one state at a time. We have serious problems to solve, and we need serious people to solve them. Welcome to the Darian America Show on WCGO. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This Good is America. Noon and Don't welcome to the Darian America Show. WCGO 1590 AM simulcast 95.9 FM. We are here, y'all. We're here. We are out in Evanston. Looks like the weather is finally starting to catch up with us. I wanted to start off today's show a little different, even though I have a couple of couple of topics that I do plan on touching. But I'm going to say like some random words or some random phrases that I want you all to just take in for a minute. You suck. You weak. Man, you garbage. I can't stand you. You the worst thing ever happened to me. I absolutely despise you. I hate you. Hmm. Heavy words, man. And sometimes words can hit as hard as a fist. So keep that in mind. We're going to put that on the back burner for just a minute because those phrases and terms will come back to importance as we keep the show going. So check it out, y'all. We have a president that is going through turmoil. <laughs> It's Donald Trump. What do you expect? But he is the leader of the free world. He is the president of the United States. That's our man. He's the one who's representing you, I, and everybody else in America. And he is being impeached. Well, I take that back. They are doing the process of trying to impeach him. He's been impeached in the House of Representatives already. And now the Senate is going through their trial to see if he deserves to be impeached. And he's being impeached for abuse of power. That's the big thing that they're getting him on. Well, it's Donald Trump. (laughs) He had a show that was very successful when it came to using power. His two most famous words, you're fired. Have somebody ever told you (laughs) that you were fired? Have they looked you in the face and said, you're fired? Darian, I can't have you around here anymore. You are fired. No, man. <laughs> I mean, ain't nobody ever told me you were fired. That's like harsh. Even if you're breaking up with somebody, you're fired. Ugh, abuse of power, yeah. And then the fact that they're saying that he used the Russians to help mess with the election. See, I've really, honestly, I haven't been following this that close because I'm just not that interested in Donald Trump right now. And I try my best to because I do respect the office of the president. But I'm really not crazy about Donald Trump. I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I will proudly say that to you. But he is who is representing us right now. And (laughs) yeah, we should have probably used our votes a little better. But we did, though. Because he didn't win the popular vote. Think about that for a second. It is 2020. We are in a whole new decade. And America has been established since, what, 1866, 1867? And we're still using the Electoral College to elect our president. Because Rhode Island is too small. And they, if they had a representative 
from Rhode Island trying to run for president, they feel like, well, Rhode Island can't win because Rhode Island is a little state and nobody's going to vote for the person that's not from their state. Look, man. If we don't want this to be our norm for electing the president, I mean, we all, they tell us, get out and vote, get out and vote. Once upon a time, people of color couldn't vote. So now we all can vote. And we all voted, and we did not vote for Trump. But he won the presidency, and he got in office, and we see exactly what Donald Trump has become. You know what, President Trump? (laughs) It's so easy to say bad things about you. But because of what the show is about today, I'm not going to. I'm not about to sugarcoat anything, though. But it's so easy to just say these negative things to our president or about our president. We got to try it differently, but we'll get back to that. I went on Tribune.com today because I wanted to see what the hot topic was. And I didn't realize that the hot topic, well, the breaking news, it actually is a little closer to me than I thought. A woman fatally shoots a retired Illinois state trooper, wounds a retired trooper, and an off-duty trooper before she turned a weapon on herself at a cigarette lounge Friday in Lyle, Illinois. Wow. So this lady, she went in there, and for whatever reason, she aired out some state troopers. Anytime somebody, you know, is, is murdered by a gun, when I still feel like, as human beings, we are not mature enough to have that weapon, man. I just don't think we should use guns. What good do you have? I mean, if it's for sport, okay, fine. Use it for sport. But you have people out here who are ending people's lives. And I just found out that one of the troopers, his name was Greg Reeves, and he happened to be a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, my fraternity. So I may have come across this trooper in our our lifetimes. You know, when you get together with your fraternity brothers and you're crossing paths. But it is a, I mean, he wasn't, he was 51. I'm 45. For whatever reason, this woman went into this cigarette, cigar lounge. And she shot these people. And then she turned the gun on herself. Now, you can assume a whole lot of things. And you can say, well, maybe she was a scorned lover. Maybe she, I don't know. I don't even want to give her an excuse. You know how we as fraternity members feel about excuses. But there is absolutely no excuse. When that woman woke up Friday morning, because this happened Friday night, last night, she had it on her mind. She had to. I mean, did she see the state troopers, you know, at this cigar? Was she in there enjoying a cigar? No matter what, she went in there and she fatally wounded Trooper Reeves. And then she shot two other troopers before turning the gun on herself. How many times do we have to hear this, y'all? It, it, I mean, you can't get numb to this. If you want my Facebook page, my, my producer, Drew Breeze, the cool breeze, he actually found the article and he put it up there. So if you're following along on Facebook, you can see exactly what I'm talking about. When does this get old? And then you have people sitting around. I mean, I hear guys talk all the time. No, man, I ain't giving up my gun. We got concealed and carry. Man, they run up on me. Yeah. 
So you're prepared to end somebody's life. It's, it's sickening, it's saddening, and these are people who were out here to serve and protect, and they were in their off time, their downtime. And this lady went into this lounge, and she aired them out. So somebody didn't make it home that night. And the other troopers, they are in stable condition. They're, well, <laughs> how okay are you when you've been shot? You know, I, that is, that's one of my fears. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I don't have a gun. I used to have a concealed carry card. I haven't renewed it. I mean, I've been interested to, to perhaps maybe fire a weapon just to see what it feels like. But it is not for me. I don't want that power in my hands to end somebody's life. I don't want to play God. But there are times when you should play God. And we'll get back to that. If you've had somebody who you lost to gun violence, give me a call here at 877-711-5611. Tell me what you think about guns. This kind of touched me, you know, when I first read the article as a member of the media, and that's right, I am a member of the media. I just read it, and I looked at it like, okay, well, lady shoots troopers. But my fraternity brothers, actually, we do a group text, and we stay in touch with each other. And they sent the officer who was taken out, man, and it, it, it kind of touched me deeper than what it should, but it should have been probably touching me deep the whole time. We got to do something. We got to do something different about the gun violence, man. I... I personally, I, I think I talked about this before, where I did a small campaign where I said I was going to run for president. <laughs> I don't think I want that job anymore. But if I were to ever become president, I would find a way to get rid of guns. And you can be mad at me all you want to. I wouldn't, you know what? The, the horse is already out the barn. I wouldn't necessarily get rid of guns. I would just make it different for people to be able to purchase them, to get them. How about you don't purchase them? You rent them. And then you turn them back in when you're done. You have to say what you're going to do with this gun, where you're going with it, what you're doing with it. And you have so many weeks you can rent it out for a certain time and you bring it back when you're done. Hmm. We're going to a break. When we come back, what is the state that we're covering? Did you hear my intro today? Darren America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. Let's go. And welcome back to the Darien America Show on WCGO 1590 AM, simulcast 95.9 FM, the home of WCGO Radio Smart Talk. <laughs> That's right. So before I go into what state we're taking care of this week, I did want to kind of circle back onto last week because I went into my, one of my places and uh, I got challenged on some of the things that I was talking about when it came to, you know, I, they said I talked a lot about women's weight. And, you know, like I was mad at the big girls. <laughs> well, first, let me say I'm never, I mean, hey, you are who you are. And I'm not mad at you for your size. But I'm telling you, for me, I'm not attracted to the big girl. You know, if she's 350 pounds, it's, it's not safe for her to be that big. You cannot show me a 350-pound woman. You can hardly show me a 350-pound man that's healthy. You know, you got your bodybuilders. You got those big guys. I mean, my dream, if I could ever get my body like this guy, and I know I probably, I'm never going to get my body like this guy. But Bobby Lashley, 
in the WWE. They call him the almighty Bobby Lashley. This man is muscle on top of muscle. I can't find body fat. The dude is an Adonis. And I would love for my body to look like his, but he is legitimately 270 pounds. So, I mean, if he even has body fat, he look like he got 0%, maybe 2% if I can find it. The dude is, is like a monstrosity. He's incredible. And I would love to look like that, but he's 270 pounds. So I don't believe he's a diabetic being 270 pounds, considering the way that he works out. You know, I don't believe he has high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I mean, I can't imagine that he does, but he's a big guy. That's 270 pounds. And then there's some guys, I mean, Brom Strowman, huge, over 300 plus pounds. Brom looks like he could be 350, and he looks like he lost weight. He kind of leaned up a little bit. But still, you cannot tell me that a person who was not a body, who here he is, Bobby Lashley, big boy. <laughs> you can't tell me that a person who's 350 pounds that don't look like Bobby Lashley, that don't look like Braun Strowman, is healthy. When I was, and I'm gonna say this, I say I was 325 pounds. I believe I was closer to 350 when I found out I was a diabetic. That's when I became diagnosed as a type 2 diabetic. And that's when I made the life change and I cut a lot of that stuff out. Still got some work to go, some ways to go, some work to do. But you got to be healthy, y'all. It's too many factors that are in this world that's real easy to take us out. And our weight is one of them. We are fat and we are lazy. And women have dubbed this title of BBW, Big Beautiful Woman, and they feel like, yeah, well, I can show my face and I can show my cleavage and I look good. And then, of course, there's a thirst trap. The men, they tune in. Oh, yeah, baby, you fine. She can have over a thousand likes on a picture because she got her breasts out and she's got her face. She got a cute face. She got her hair done. That's not what it's about, y'all. I mean, if that's what you want to look like, if you want to be 350 pounds, that's fine. Like I said before, in the Elizabethan era, that was considered attractive you know go back and look at some of those paintings where you know these women would wear these real thin shawls and they would be under these these thin dresses and the the painters really painted they <laughs> yeah they painted some curves all right but that's not what i want and again to err is to be human to be human is to be divine and that's just me i don't want the heavier person i'm not attracted to it and a woman can tell me, man, you too fat. I don't like you. I like the skinny guy. Well, I'm not going to be a skinny guy ever again. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm not going to be that thin. I mean, if I can get down to 230, I would be happy. And I put where I would like for my lady to be no heavier than 220, 225, depending on her body type. Because I've seen a 200-plus pound woman. How much do you think Serena weighs? Serena is almost six feet. Serena is a goddess. Oh, my goodness. I mean, her body, but, I mean, she's been like that since she came. You know, they, her, Serena and Venus been playing for so long. I mean, they were teenagers when they started, and they filled out. But Venus kind of kept the same body type. Serena packed on pounds, muscle. Wow. She could be 220 pounds. And I ain't mad at a 220-pound arena. But if you're going to be 4 foot 11 and you 220 pounds, come on, sweetheart. It's not for me. And I ain't going. And I'm saying that on the radio right now. If I don't like you, I don't like you. And that's probably some of the 
well, let me let me let me retract some stuff. <laughs> Maybe that's probably why I haven't been successful in love. Because if I'm not interested in you and I don't like you know, you're not appealing to me. And, you know, people say, well, you shallow how. It shouldn't be about looks. You know what? I'll, I'll accept that because I probably should have done better. I probably should not have approached that lady. You know, you try to get past the exterior because you don't know until you have a conversation. Now, you can be fat and obnoxious. <laughs> you can be a fat jerk, a jackass. It's possible. Maybe I'm a fat jerk. If you you can look at me that way. He always talking about somebody. He a fat jerk. I could be if you feel that way about me. And you can keep walking past me. You don't have to stop and talk. You know, if I try to get your attention, hmm. But see, when we if, if I'm with you, I'm with you. But if I'm with you and you're 220 pounds and then you balloon up to 300 pounds, number one, I, am I responsible for that? Am I taking you out to too many dinners? Are we going out to too many dinners? Are we eating out in the street? Are we doing things that we shouldn't do health-wise? But if I mention it to you and I tell you, and you continue that way, is it fair to say I need to stick around for better or worse, for richer, for poorer, or sick? Ah, what about that? Those sound like wedding vows to me. Are we married? Are we trying to get married? Are we going to get married? See, those are things you consider. When you meet somebody on the street, and I say this, I think an ugly person made that up. It's not what's on the outside, it's what's on the inside. I bet. But you like what you like. And you have to understand that. And you can't force a person to be with you if they don't, they're not physically drawn to you. That's the first thing we have before we even start to talk. You look at a person and you take a man visually. And then you start to imagine and contemplate, hmm. Man, she kind of fly. Let me go and, or you look at him and, mm, okay, brother, I see you. Big shoulders, big chest. But they will say that women are more prone to accept you for who you are. They're going to look past the the beauty, the beauty aspect because they want to see how you're going to treat them. Well, men, we're visual. We look at you and we say, hey, I like her and I want to kind of, yeah. And then as you get to know her, so it could be backwards. I'm not an expert, y'all. But I did want to address that because I stand on my square. If I'm not attracted to you, I'm sorry. And I shouldn't be penalized for that. Just like you shouldn't be penalized for me. I'll be the first to tell you, I love to smile, but I have a horrible grill. I have an ugly black tooth. Well, it's turning dark. It has been turning dark every year of my life since it happened to me. You know, I have a chip tooth next to it. And I've had that tooth repaired on many, many occasions. But if a woman looks at me and says, I don't like him because he got a great tooth. And, hey, whatever floats your boat. You know, I can't be mad at that. I can only be the best me I can be. And if you can't accept who I am, then get to stepping. And that's all I'm going to say about that for right now. Huh. So what state are we covering today? I started off kind of, you could say, well, it sounded angry or bad or just, I said a lot of negative things. Because the state we're covering is the state of niceness. Man. We can't be nice, y'all. I have said this on, a, on many separate occasions also. It's so easy to be mean. That's why I said those things. Because everything I said at the beginning of the show has been said to me once or twice. <laughs> you weak. Man, you suck. I'm a karaoke uh, DJ. Now, 
karaoke, I used that because I wanted to practice my gift. I mean, hey, I was writing songs and I'm doing these songs and I'm in my, in my bedroom making these songs. But if you don't perform them in front of people, how do you know that you can actually do this? You know, I haven't. I never had a manager. My my mother didn't take me around to all these contests and competitions, even though she did say she would take me to Star Search back in the day. <laughs> I just dated myself. Yeah, Star Search with Ed McMahon. You know, I, Jerry Seinfeld came from Star Search. Sinbad. Usher was on Star Search. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's where he came from. He started on Star Search. So I wanted to go there, and I'm like, man, but it didn't happen. But a lot of the things I'm... So many negative things are said to me and about me on a daily basis. You would be surprised. But then again, you wouldn't be because I'm sure it's said to you. I'm sure it is. So when do you just try the other way? That's what made me want to do this topic today. And I put on my Darian America page. You can follow me at Darian America on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Or you can go to my D Silk page. That's where I do a lot of karaoke. But What's the nicest thing you've ever done for somebody? You know, I do a lot of time on the Roll of Dice show on Sunday nights, 8 p.m. here on WCGO. I'm the producer for the show. And my man, Steve Levin, the Dice Man, he says this a lot. You know, pay it back or pay it forward. Rick Yale, he says it a lot. Pay it forward. And I, I agree with that. What is the nicest thing you've ever done for a person? Give me a call at 877-711-5611 if you want to talk about it. So I had a couple of people chime in on my page, and the nicest thing I seen on there, and is this considered nice, one of my patrons said that she gave up a kidney to an ex-boyfriend, even though they weren't together. That was the father of her children. And she gave up her kidney to save his life. Man, if that's nice, if I ever heard of. Would you give up your kidney to save someone you were intimate with? I mean, now, granted, that is the father of her children, and she wants her kids to have her mom, you know, their mom and their dad. And I will tell you, it does make a difference if you have been in a, a family where you've been raised and you're the only one. Well, that the only one parent is raising you. Because I am a product of a single woman home. You know, my mother, she raised me by herself. But it's not like she wanted to or she had a choice. My father passed away. I guarantee you, if he could have been here longer, he, well, he wanted to be here longer, I'm sure. But God called him home. He wasn't taking care of himself. He, he had stress, and he allowed stress to kill him, ultimately. That's what it boils down to. I mean, the man drank himself to death. 61 years old, that ain't old. I mean, it's, it's getting old, but, man, Thelma Evans, Bernadette Steinis is 60, y'all. Hmm. So we're going to a break. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about the state of niceness. This is the Darien America Show, WCGO 1590, Simulcast 95.9 FM. Let's go, y'all. Hi, I'm Darian D. Silk Sims, the host of the Darien America Show. And I want to let you know that you're listening to the podcast version of the Darien America Show, which airs every Saturday from noon to 1 central on WCGO Radio. Tune in live from 1590 AM and 95.9 FM in the Chicagoland area, WCGORadio.com, or watch the live feed at facebook.com slash WCGO Radio. The latest podcast episode becomes available every Sunday. You can find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. 
If you'd like to get in touch about the show or inquire about sponsorship opportunities and rates, please reach out to DarianAmerica at Hotmail.com. Okay, back to the show. Ah, welcome back to the Darian America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. If you'd like to call in and be a part of the show, you can always call at 877-711-5611. This is the Darian America Show. Talking about the state of niceness, y'all, and that was a great song to come back with. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. <laughs> Alicia Myers, you go, girl. Where is she at? I would sit in front. I know she she's older now, but, man, I love that song. And I would sit in front of her and listen to her sing the phone book, Adam a Whiskey. You go, Alicia. So we were, we're talking about the state of niceness, and I, I kind of left off with a story one of my patrons gave me that said she gave up her kidney to save her children's father. That's deep, man. You know, and it made me ponder, like, would you give up your last to actually help somebody? Would you give up your last? Of course, you want to be a part of the show, call in 877-711-5611 or chime in on the Facebook page, Darian America. That's what we do. I don't, man, <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, put myself in that position. Like, could I give up my kidney to save the mother of my children? No, I don't know. And it's, it's hard to even fathom that, that this person, you know, I've had a few friends go through dialysis. You know, they don't have any kidneys or their kidneys are damaged really, really bad. That's a, a horrible procedure to go through. I mean, you have to go in like every other day, some, every two days at the latest, and you have to be hooked up to that machine. And they literally are cleaning your blood because you can't, you can't go to the bathroom. Your kidneys ain't working. You don't have them. So she gave up one of hers. And you think about the quality of life. You know, is that, is that going to take years off your life to give them years? Well... It's a beautiful gesture because she ultimately wanted her children to have their father around. And wow, <laughs> I don't know if I could even accept that. Like, what if it were me and I had to ask the mother of my children for a kidney? <laughs> well, y'all might as well put your black suits on and uh, get ready to sing Crossroads for me. <laughs> yeah, she probably ain't going to give me her kidney. Like, you better ask one of your kids and... um. If I got anything, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm putting words in her mouth. I don't know. I never asked her for a kidney. So I can't say if she would have given me that kidney. One person said they became foster, a foster parent to her siblings because their parents had passed away and she was of legal age and she didn't want her brothers and sisters separated. That's big. I mean, my brother is living in Iowa right now. And as I was growing up, you know, he, man, my sister and brother are like 14 and 12 years older than me. So they were kind of on their way. And I know, especially a 16-year-old, my brother at 16, <laughs> my brother was a hell raiser. And to see him now in his, I don't even want to call it gold. He called it golden years because he always trying to check out. But I think my big brother going to be here until the world blow up. He a little short dude that raises cane. And I think he's indestructible. But he's went through some things. But he, we're separated, though. He left the state, and I get to see him a few times a year. But if something had happened to my mother, he could be, I would see him stepping up and taking custody of me if he had to. My sister would have did it, too, but I would have rather went with my brother. I mean, my sister, I love her, but she is a handful also. But to keep siblings together, that's big. You know, especially when you're close and, you, you know, you want 
your siblings with you. I mean, I see siblings that hate each other, and it is so crazy, man. But that's big, and that is nice. That is very nice. So it, it made me think. That homeless guy that you pass on the street, and we can, and I, I challenge you, when that homeless person comes to you and asks you for change, and they got their hand out, their cup out or whatever, do you look them in the face? That sounds so simple, but a lot of people don't even look at those people. They look past them. They walk past them. They don't speak. They ignore them. They act like they don't even exist. You know, I used to do that. But I said, this, they're, they're still people. And they go, they're having a hard time. I don't have anything to offer them. But at least I'll look at them. And I say this to them, man. I don't have anything, but I got nothing but love for you. I got all the free love in the world, you know, and at least acknowledge them. I mean, it ain't the greatest response, but they'll say, all right, man, well, thank you. At least, at least acknowledge that the fact that they are there. Now, we don't know why they're homeless. I mean, a lot of those people who are homeless, they may have had mental issues. You know, they, they closed down a lot of mental facilities. The state did not want to fund them anymore. So there are a lot of people who are on the street that might be mentally unstable. You know, and because they've been out there, we don't know how long. I'm sure that it's worn on them after time. It's like, man, I'm out here on the street constantly. I'm cold. I'm hungry. I smell bad. That would drive the average person crazy. Yes, I know it would drive me crazy. I couldn't do, you know, everybody has that experiment. Well, how long could you live on the streets? The streets of Chicago in the wintertime? Quit playing. I hate to stand out there at all. I mean, you can be waiting on the bus. And you got somewhere to go, but you can be so you can succumb to the elements. You know how long it takes a person to die and in climate weather, a healthy average person? Five hours. Five hours. It can happen. If you're outside and below zero temperatures in Chicago, it could probably happen sooner than that. You can be frozen solid. So yeah, I totally get it. But that homeless guy, what if, you know, because I think they probably see maybe an average of, I don't know, maybe 500 people a day that come past them. I mean, cars are driving. It could be more than that. What if everybody gave that homeless guy $10, $10 bill, and if he went past 500 people, he got $5,000. He could probably change his circumstances then. Sure, he can change. I mean, yeah, so everybody needs it. I'm going to stand out there too then. If he can get $5,000, I can get $5,000. I had one of my buddies. He became incarcerated. And, you know, nobody wants to go to jail. That is the worst place in the world to be. But he was like, man, my fine $50,000. I need y'all to get together and get some money together. What, 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 what? <laughs> you know, you only got to pay 10% of it. So he needed $5,000. I ain't got $5,000, you know, nobody I know can just be like, all right, here you go. Because you know, if you give somebody in a situation like that $5,000, you're not getting that money back. <laughs> but what's the first thing they say to you? Man, if you give me that $5,000, I'm going to pay it back. I'm going to pay it back as soon as I get my taxes. Ooh, buddy, if I had $10 for every time I've heard that, I probably would have that $5,000 and then some to give to him to get him out of jail. 
I don't have five grand to give you. But how nice would it be if I did? I bet he'd appreciate it. See, I'll say this. And if this ever happens to me, and this is going to be my stance, I'm going to just sit there. And I'll just wait it out, man. I mean, whatever I did to go in there to get that, it is what it is. And it's my circumstance. This is the Darien America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. We're talking about the state of niceness, y'all. I'll be back. Welcome back to the Darien America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. We on the air, y'all. So we're coming into the home stretch, and uh, we've been talking about the state of niceness, and I've had a few things that I've thrown out there. A couple of people chimed in on my Facebook page. Of course, you can join me, Darian America, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And this niceness thing is is big. It's, it's rough because we aren't nice to each other. You know, we um we got some things to do, man. We got a little work to do. So... I had a person say that they uh, moved somebody into the house went rent-free to display what their niceness is. And that is true because it is hard to try to get that rent together, man. I just moved to a new place. And I've been in my place for a long time. And to be there, especially in the circumstances, I'm going to kind of peel back the layers and pull the velvet rope back and well, pull the curtain back and give you a chance to kind of know what I've been going through, because I've just been in this place. I mean, it's like day three. And unfortunately, I ran into some, some tough times. I was living in a building since October with no heat, no gas, no hot water. That's rough, man. It is rough. It is cold in Chicago. You know, I, <laughs> I had a hard time. And I had people offer to stay with me. And I'm, I will say that I have a rapport with certain people where they, because I'm a nice guy and I practice niceness. I mean, my cup is always half full. I'm one of the nicest people you're probably going to run into. You know, life deal your lemons, you make lemonade. And I wasn't ready or prepared for that situation to come. But I knew I would survive it because, it, hey, it can be worse. Space heaters, I, I had my space heaters going. You know, I would. Do certain, I would block some of the doors and man, I, I survived it. But I ran into a situation where my son had to come and live with me. Now, I'm totally okay with that. I mean, he didn't ask to be here. Him and his sister, they didn't ask to be here. None of us asked to be here. That's why it's important that we're responsible when we make children. You know, I didn't ask to be here. I didn't knock on my mom's uterus and, hey, I want to get out of here. Let me out. <laughs> it wasn't up to her. It took two people, you know, her and my dad. And, of course, it is horrible to think about your parents making you. <laughs> but it is what it is. We all got here the same way. And I had to grow up and accept that. Okay, Darian, you got here just like everybody else. But my son had to come and live with me. Now, whenever a mother is having problems with her son, if the father is an active participant in that child's life, that male child specifically, see, usually the mother sends him with his father. So 
I didn't have a problem with him coming with me. You know, I prefer it that way. He was with me earlier. If anybody knows me, they know that he was th- he was living with me earlier. Uh, well, and, and he was in 2019, like right before school started. So the fact that his mother sent him with me and I had two days. I said, I'm moving in two days. I'll be in my new place. You know, I'm living kind of, I'm living kind of foul. Let's just be honest. You're living with no heat, no hot water. You're living foul. And I was making it. I was making it from day to day. I was going to work, working crazy. I was taking suicide jobs. I knew I was going to defeat this, though, because he don't give you nothing you can't handle. So one of my frat brothers called me up, and he was like, hey, hey, man, hey, ship, what's going on? So I ran everything down to him. I said, man, I'm in a bad way. You know, my, my money, I've, I've got it budgeted out to the penny. You know, I had to put this, pay this uh, cost on this house to move in, and then I got to pay my rent, and I got to pay, 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 pay. And I'm not doing well. I'm like, so me and my son got two days to tough it out. Now, I've been toughing it out since October, so, but I didn't want to subject him to that. You know, man, you got to stay with me, stay in this room trapped in here. We got a space heater going, and so... And it wasn't like I was looking for anything. He was just calling to check in on me. And he didn't say too much. He's not spoken, you know, he's soft-spoken, but very powerful in his words. So he was like, um, hey, man, tell you what. And as, he, you know, as I was talking to him, and I, I kind of heard him typing, but I wasn't really paying attention. He was like, uh, well, if you go to the Doubletree in Alsip tonight and drop your name at the desk, there's a room for you and your son. It's just simple as that. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> it caught me off guard. Now, you know, I say fraternity brothers, but we did that stuff over 20 plus years ago. And we still talk to each other almost every day. So I look at them as more than just frat brothers. And, we, and he look at me as more as a frat brother. We're brothers. And for him to do that, you know, no questions asked. And he didn't ask before back and didn't say, man, you got to pay me back. Because if I had it to do, I would do it. And that's what I'm talking about, man. I was humbled. I mean, I was choked up. And me and my son was warm. (laughs) I didn't have to subject my son to something that he didn't ask for, that he didn't deserve. You know, he should have heat and hot water every night. I did as a kid. He's not a kid now. He's 18. But I had it all the way up until... This last year, well, we the furnace went out the year before, and then we survived that one. But then this time, it it was too big to survive. But I knew I was moving, and I was taking him with me, and he can come with me. But, man, it was hard. And to have to subject him to living in a hotel for two nights, it's definitely humbling, and it, it, it hurts your pride. You know, pride is one of the seven deadly sins, and I am probably one of the biggest sufferers of that sin because I just... I can't ask for help. It's hard to ask for help. Even at the end of the night when I'm wrapping up my equipment, I'm like, nope, I bought it here. I set this stuff up. I got this. And people, D-Silk, we got you, man. Let me help you. But he offered that help. And it was needed. You know, and another friend of mine, you know, to finish out the second day, they helped out. And that lets you know that If you treat people the right way, when you are in need, they'll come through for you. You know, I talked about my my friend that that got incarcerated and he needed our help. See, 
he put himself in that circumstance. And it's not like I have any ill feelings toward him. Man, I love him. See how easy I just said that? How come we don't do that often? I will look you right in the face and let you know I love you. And it's not about being intimate and, man, no homo, man. No, bruh. I love you because of the things that we've been through together, man. And I don't want anything bad to happen to you, especially when you're in a bad way. But he put himself in those circumstances. And, of course, you're not supposed to admit when you, you know, he calling me from jail. Man, get me out of here. Well, I get it. But when the dust settles and you survive what you've been through, when do you come to me and tell me exactly what happened? Why I had to help you <laughs> that you were looking for? Why you needed so much niceness? See, everybody always says well, some, when they come through, when things come through for them, the first thing out of their mouth Thank God. Thank God. God, thank you. Amen, Jesus. Amen in the blood of Jesus. That's legit. But in order for anything supernatural, something that you don't understand, anything supernatural to walk this earth, they need a vessel. So does God exist? Yeah. But God is man. He got to work through man. When God first put man here, he created Adam, and then he pulled Adam's rib and created Eve, but they were created in his image. Now, please don't think I'm a reverend or a preacher or any of that. I am way far from that. I totally am not. But the point is, he works through us. And when my frat brother reached out to me that day, he was doing God's work because I needed some help. And just like that, he sent them to me. I believe that's real. When, so pay it forward. You never know what you're going to get unless you do it. And I'm not saying you got to go out here and, and try to save everybody. But when it's your time to do God's work, to be his vessel, be it. He is real. We need him. We need to be like him. I'm not saying thump your Bible and quote Bible scriptures. I can't quote anything. My favorite book in the Bible is the book of Job. It's the book of patience. Because the devil tried Job every which way. And Job just kept saying, Lord, am I forsaken? Why is this happening? You can question God. But you, you can ask, but you have to still believe that he's going to come through. He ain't going to give you nothing you can't handle. And if he needs to bring you home, You've done your work. He'll do that. I'm here for a reason, y'all. We didn't ask to be here, but we are all here for a reason. And I'm here to do the best I can. My moniker for this show was the United States Champion of Justice, fixing America's issues one state at a time. It's to get you to think. I know I had many nights to think in that cold building. And I know when I thought about never doing that again. But it was a circumstance that was beyond my control, beyond our control. But when I needed help, the help came. Be nice and help somebody. You don't have to be a jackass your entire life. But you don't have to turn a blind eye and act like it doesn't exist. This is the Darian America Show, WCGO 1590, Simulcast 95.9 FM. Have a great day, y'all. And you've been listening to the Darian America Show, brought to you on WCGO 1590 AM, simulcast 95.9 FM. We air each and every Saturday from noon to 1 p.m. 
This is Darian American saying thank you for tuning in.